0: Welcome to the Ambassadors Forum radio show on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm Adrian Toder, filling in for Roy this week, and we've got a special show for you today. The reason is that we, on this Christian Apologetics radio show, have an atheist as a guest. Why, would you ask? Would a Christian Apologetics radio show bring on an atheist? Well, the answer is because our mission as a ministry is to help equip Christians to answer the hard questions of life. Today, we've got a heck of a discussion lined up for you. During the next 30 minutes, I'll be having a discussion with a former Christian who is now an atheist. So sit back, take out the popcorn, because this is going to be entertaining. But first, know that the goal of this discussion is not going to be to own our opponent. It's not going to be a failure if my guest doesn't return to Christianity right away. Rather, it is to sharpen each other's thinking and clear away bad ideas from both sides. As a Christian, I know... I believe uh, atheists are wrong in, in their thinking. However, I'm also aware that certain ideas I have are incorrect or simply expressed poorly. Discussions like this help clear away my bad ideas, and they help me get closer to the truth. And for me, ultimately, that means becoming closer to God. I also want to reinforce to my audience that Christianity really is a thinking man's religion. And as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid to enter the marketplace of ideas. We should welcome it, just as the apostles did in the first century. Now, I'd like to introduce my guest. He goes by Justin David, and Justin is not only a good friend of mine, but he also happens to be my cousin. We grew up in the same church, but some number of years ago, he drifted away from the faith and is now an atheist. However, despite this, we've stayed close friends, and we've, we frequently discuss these issues. And the main reason I enjoy this so much is that we both take thinking pretty seriously, and neither of us has contempt for the other's opinion. The discussions we have are usually deep, they're meaningful, they can even get heated, but we always end up on friendly terms because we know we've got each other's best interests in mind. So, with that introduction, Justin, thank you for coming on the show. It's so good to be here.
1: And on a personal note, the stereotype that... Christians kick out anybody that no longer believes like them is something that you and other people in my family have broken. Uh, We've remained friends and that part of it has been very valuable to me
0: and to my life. And I think that as Christians, that's something that we definitely need to be doing. Why don't you take a minute and just kind of describe to the audience what, what your deconversion was like? What is it that made you question your faith and ultimately leave?
1: Um, the way I became without God, let's say, um, as, um, as you know, that I grew up in the faith, and I grew up in church, and our grandfather was an evangelist and a pastor, and my experience in church was a beautiful one. It brought beauty and meaning and happiness into my life, and um, I, until I was 40 years of age, I had never questioned the existence of God or the truisms in the Bible. I never questioned anything in the Bible. I thought it was the inspired Word, word of God and completely infallible. Um, By the time I was 40, I had, as you know, I had uh, severe headaches and chronic headaches. And at one point, during one of these very long, prolonged headaches uh, that would last three, sometimes four days, and very intense, um, I asked Jesus, who I believed was right there next to me, I said, Jesus, why is it that you do not... Respond to my prayers with regards to these headaches, I feel like sometimes I pray and the headaches actually increase. Um, where are you through my headaches and and more specifically, where are you in my prayers uh, if if this isn 't a prayer that you would answer what what constitutes a, an answered prayer um, and so that was if you will, the first time that i Question God, if you will, um, at at that level, um, and that that question, especially as I had a lot of time to meditate because these headaches would keep me home, um, graduated to being a question of I'm going to look back on my prayer life and and look at those things which have been answers to prayers and which were questionable, and and if you will, that began began a. String of chain reactions that I was not anticipating and definitely not hoping for. That was not the direction I was going. Um, my questioning. My questioning. That was. I was hoping, and wanting to see those things that were answers to prayer in my life, so as to confirm my faith once more. And as I looked at my prayer life, I found it. I found that it wasn't as supernaturally as. Uh, it wasn't as supernatural as I was hoping that I would find it to be. Um, um, During this general time, um, I began asking broader questions. Um, For example, I was taking a geology course at PCC, and I had a brilliant um, geology teacher, and everything that she was saying seemed to fly in the face of the things that we learned from Ken Hovind and eventually Ken Ham. Um, and I would sit during class and, and study it and I would have lots of questions, especially playing the, if you will, angels advocate with her, um, bringing up some of Kevin Kent Hovind's ideas and seeing how they stood up to science as she found it. and. Uh, And I saw a lot of the things that I believe crumbling in that department. And um, I also took a a history course with a retired uh, history professor and former dean of history. And we studied Western and Civ, and we went from Egypt to Greek to Greece to to the Roman times, and we studied how, um, specifically how religion and kings were intricately tied, and I saw a lot of similarities between the relationship between Caesars or dictators or monarchs and their chosen religion or the religions that they were part of and how there were a lot of similarities between what happened in that situation and what happened during Constantine's time when he needed to, re, to unify a religion in, in his time. Um, and so from a historical point of view, um, Christianity began to bear a, a different light than I had experienced it. And so I realized that within a period of Three to four months, maybe. Um, I woke up one morning and I and I asked myself, "Do I believe in the God that I grew up to believe in?" And I found out the answer, shockingly, it was no. And it was a, it was, it was a cold sweat shock. I was like, "Oh my God, who am I and where am I?" And I found myself um, without a foundation and just uh, swimming in darkness. And um, and that's, if you will how I felt from, from faith.
0: That's a tough story. So, so you mentioned quite a few things that made you question, uh, your faith. And before we get into the specifics of all those things, um, you, um, you, you mentioned things like, um. Uh, the historicity of the Bible, the origins of the New Testament, the way that uh, r- religion and kings played a role, and how it seemed to be more of uh, a power structure with regards to religion than than a than a than a, than a truth issue. Uh, do, you, do you feel like while you were growing up in church, any of those issues were addressed, and you simply didn't have a good answer, or were they simply ignored uh, in favor of other of other issues? The church do a, a did at least the church attempt any answers or were you left on your own?
1: So largely I found that the church frequently avoided those uh, topics. Um, Things were declared as such and we didn't question them, especially from the pulpit. You didn't have people saying, well, did um, Paul write 13 uh, letters? Uh, Did Matthew um, was How was Matthew inspired by Mark? Things like that. Um, th- these types of questions were not uh, addressed. Um, with regards to um, creation, um, we read creation and, and that was that. And we weren't told necessarily how that stacks up against what, let's say, science believes typically. Um, as, at least not from the pulpit, not within the church. Um, there, there was some of that from some Christian apologetics. Um, and it wasn't something that I do- dealt delved deeply into. And so um, it was something that I thought was by people that were rebellious against God and were looking for different answers. And so I wasn't interested in their opinion, largely. Um, I, was, I was aware of some of these answers, but largely uh, it wasn't put into question by the church or by myself.
0: Radically. Yeah, yeah. So now that you've been an atheist for a little while, uh, I'm assuming you've kind of settled into this, this life and um, you're a lot of that that, that uh, uh, realization of being adrift at sea, I'm assuming has sounded at least a little bit. Do you ever find yourself questioning your atheism now as you used to question your Christianity?
1: So just to clarify, my questioning of Christianity only happened during those brief few months. Those, the 40 years before that, I did not question it basically at all. I would say at all, at all.
0: So what uh, we need to do is give you another Massive headache in order for you to sit at home and come back to the faith.
1: So, I still have those, and that can't happen. Um, but um, there's, there's, a, there's a couple. For, for example, I think we, as humans, um, look for design and designer. Um, so, for example, um, I'm looking at the cycle of Water and And that cycle I cannot explain on evolutionary terms, um, for example it uh um, you have clouds that form, these, these clouds uh, rain, they water our crops, and they also snow. And they gather a reservoir of, of water that sustains our rivers through, throughout the year, and the cycle goes over and over again, and it seems so well designed. And, and when you take away the idea of a designer, you're, you're, you're left with, I'm left with, um, how is it that this seems to be designed so purposely it looks like it's on purpose so, so I, have, I have doubts that look like that for example um, with regards to happiness in life I found that I was a little bit happier before this and I was a lot happier before, before, before this and um, I find that Christian community um, and the organized effort to better the lives of members within the church. Um, if I can uh, quote something from uh, Paul where he says, encourage one another's unto good works. Um, having that kind of a community I feel is so Worth it, and so strong, and so life-giving to to the individual and to the society. I found I find a lot of value in that, and so um, that that wouldn't that doesn't constitute something that is a doubt on my part as much as it constitutes a good argument for Christianity. Um, so I, those two are things that I would come I would think about offhand.
0: You bring up an interesting point about the the design, and this is something that um, I always felt was. Uh, something that kept me in the faith. In fact, if I can go on a little bit of side tangent here, I felt that any doubts that I would generally have about my faith um, would somehow be balanced by the doubts I knew I would have as an atheist. So I imagined in my mind these scales where on one hand is the the questions, the unanswered questions I have about my Christianity, and on the other side is the 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 unanswered questions I would have as an atheist uh, or as just simply an unbeliever. And while I freely admit there are some things that end up on the scale of doubts against Christianity, I feel that the other side, I would have to, I'd have to accept so much more as an atheist in questions specifically like what you just mentioned, that always leaves me uh, uh, not doubting because I would have to accept so much as an atheist. And so, for example, if I, uh, I wonder how you feel or how you answer those questions in your mind when you look at things like the water cycle. But even more specifically, let's say we go into uh, just simply the design of the universe, where, where uh, I know that you and I have had this discussion before. Uh, you, we know that the universe is, uh, is set up in such a way with certain parameters, certain constants, certain things that are... Uh, basically a trillion-to-one odds that they would be in this particular configuration, but because they are, allow life to exist in our universe. And we look at that just like the water cycle, but if you think of gravity, if, if gravity were a millionth of a percent different, you could not form the universe as we have it that would allow life. That, and I think a dozen, at least a dozen other constants, where we look at this universe and think, well, shoot, in order for, for me to reject the faith, me, Adrian, I would have to say those things just happen to be that way, and that, that that for me lies on the other side of the scale. It's such a giant rock, it's such a giant doubt uh, for me in atheism that it keeps me keeps my my faith in Christianity so so much stronger. So I'm curious for you if if those doubts ever. Um, if you how do you answer those for yourself so that the doubts don't outweigh the the your belief in atheism
1: first of all that's a brilliant question and and the way and i've asked myself a version of this question and um one of the things that i have not done is i have not eliminated the possibility that there is an intelligent designer. Um, I've what I what I have done is that I've through my through my research, I have I have found no good argument for the existence of the biblical Jehovah, um, and. Uh, if, I, if I want to broaden that, um, no good uh, and reasonable arguments for the other religions that that i 've come into contact with or study at any any rate um, so the so my claim at this point hasn 't come to uh, to be there 's absolutely no higher power or possibility of one um, but it 's it 's more. As far as where where I feel my beliefs are are more foundational is that the theism the the idea that we know God and what He thinks and says um, are a lot farther from reality than the or or even possibility than the idea that there was a designer.
0: So back to my question then: How if if you're faced with certain issues like like the design uh, of the universe, uh, yet you've you have to s- somehow f- remain in that camp of there's no good evidence for a designer, what does that qual? What, what would what would the design argument qualify for as for you?
1: So I think I will know it when I see it. Um, the I I definitely want to study the issue more, and I I want to say that. Uh, I don't know I can't claim that there isn't enough evidence I I want to say that I haven't seen that evidence and so and so I'm I'm obviously open to the idea but is there a designer so but how I deal with it is I our minds naturally look for explanations and even if they're fictitious uh explanations it'll it'll look for um i I compare it with seeing faces and everything we we see faces in certain designs we see a man in the moon we see faces on cars and some of them are designed to for you to see a face but um I don't think that's the that's God trying to show us uh, faces in other things. It's just this is how we what we look. That's, this is our nature, um, and there are some evolutionary explanations for why people look for faces in in the forest. But um, so with regards to design, um, it can it can be that we naturally look for and try to even imagine a design when we see something that's. Uh, let's say random um again with 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 the cycle of water i cannot find it random at this point um, but i would uh, i would um categorize that for myself as one i haven't heard both sides well enough especially the the if you will scientific slash atheist side um and i i haven't studied enough to where i i'm going to say hey this is really shaking my quote, faith in atheism.
0: Well, then, there's, there's time for that still, then. Okay. Uh, so, with regard to the, the, the design argument specifically, when I— when, You're going to well, hit me where it hurts, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that would be no fun if I didn't. Uh, when, we, when we as Christians use that as an apologetic, what we are saying is not that we, we're finding a face what, in, in something that might be a very natural thing. Uh, but rather, we see clearly a pattern that is that resembles design in every other experience we've had. So, for example, um, when we look at say DNA, we're not look. I mean, we see that it it appears to be a code. Now, it doesn't appear to be like a car appears to have a face. Rather, it appears. Because it really is. In fact, Bill Gates mentioned that at one point. He said the, the, DNA, the DNA code is like a computer software, except just more complicated than everything, anything we've ever written. And so as a Christian, I look into that, that DNA, and I'm not searching necessarily for the face. It, it's so, to me, it's so uh, uh, unlike anything that would come about by nature that, again, I, I find myself doubting my doubts about God and it keeps me in my faith. Um, so, so th- that's, that's what I wonder. And, 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 and I, and I play, I role play in my own head sometimes, what would it like for me to be an atheist? And I find facts like DNA, like the universe so uncomfortable that I'm not sure how I would handle it. And that's why it's fascinating to, 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 to discuss with somebody who who is a, a thinker such as yourself and wonder how does it does it make you squirm a little bit in your chair?
1: So when we look at the the design if you will we look at the fact that it wasn't always so. That um, a million years ago things looked very different and two million years ago it looked very different and a billion years ago in our solar system things looked very different and we see a progression and and we see natural forces at play within this progression. And, and Christians and atheists, scientists alike, um, they look at this progression for the last three, 13.8 billion years ago when we believe the Big Bang happened. And at, at this point, we're trying to imagine what Caused the Big Bang, and was it natural or was it supernatural? Um, Was there something natural that predates the Big Bang that was created by something supernatural? Um, Is it like an egg that we see miraculously turning into a chicken from just blah, and we're like, man, that must have been supernatural. God must have done it. And we we look at it more deeply and we realize that there was a chicken that laid that supernatural egg, and trying to figure out how far back we have to go to figure out what caused that chicken. We literally go back 13.8 billion years ago. That's as far as we can see, and everything behind it, before that, excuse me, is speculative.
0: I always felt that that atheists play a little bit of a, of a trick when, when, when talking about this. Not that you're doing it on purpose, but rather when you're when you're trying to rewind the clock 13 billion years to the Big Bang, you've skipped over some steps that all of us religious people— point to as miraculous and and, uh, and say that not only is it not in the realm of possibility that it was natural, but that it's, forgive me, almost ridiculous to believe that it was. When we say the beginning of life, when we say the, the first molecule that has DNA in it that's, that's uh, you know, thousands and thousands of pages long, and there's a code and all these things, and we look at that and say well, hold on, you don't have to rewind the clock back to the beginning of the universe. You have to rewind the clock to the beginning of life or some of the transitions that, that you, you may think happen that look to us not as easy evolutionary steps but rather miraculous creations. We don't see, uh, I, I find it so hard to imagine that, that to, to, a, to a naturalist is just all like, oh, no problem. That's, we're looking at chickens all the way back. But somewhere along the line, this, this 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 first life began. This DNA code was written. All this stuff uh, reeks of natural, uh, of 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 supernatural to, to somebody like like me as a religious person. Uh, and and I'm I'm curious if, if if any of that feels that way to to you.
1: Natural explanations, when we study them, arise um, out of things that we formerly thought were were miraculous and. And it's true, these things continue to smack of miraculous, even in my mind. But I've, I've learned that nature can be explained naturally, um, the more I've studied it. And I think, I think that would be my, my answer to your question.
0: And with that, I want to I wrap things up for today. Um, we'll continue next week with a challenge to you. And then my question is going to be centered around right and wrong. How it is that you decide and you know what, what, what is right and wrong? How do you ground morality? We'll continue there next week. In the meantime, it's been a pleasure. This has been an excellent conversation. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. So this has been my pleasure,
1: absolutely. And it's a beautiful question to ask what is right and wrong? Where do we get it? And is it objective? There's, there's so many, there's so many uh, ways you can go with that. But it's one of the most important questions you can ask
0: for sure. And now to the audience. Thank you for in, joining in on this conversation. If there are people in your life that you have these discussions with, um, are they challenging you with questions that you have a hard time answering? Do you find yourself puzzled uh, w- when they raise these, these issues? Did Justin raise any issues today that you feel uh, challenge you in any way? If so, please visit our website. We have a section uh, to answer tough questions. Send in your questions at theambassadorsforum.com. Um, We'll be able to try to answer as many as we can, Um, but it goes to show that we as Christians should not be afraid to enter these conversations. We should not be afraid to look into the challenges to our faith. Thank you for joining us again this week. Don't forget we're on every Saturday morning at 930 here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.